All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 183 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, admin on the FAQ cesspool. Um, I'm joined by 69th Blizzard, the voice of reason, Ken. Good to see you. And uh, from the Great White North, Canada, that is, Marcus Almighty. Mark, gentlemen, good to see you both. Lonnie, we miss you. We'll see you next time. Of course, I did see Lonnie recently in San Francisco. Had a great time Mm. as well, so that was awesome. Um... Let's do a little bit of news. What news? I don't know of any news in the KISS world, so let's go to the Project Gemini world. No Mark. good news. Ah. Well, oh, I, I, well, did I read something today that said uh, there would be a, possibly a Vault 2? I'd, I'd much rather have your video, Ken, than a Vault 2. There you go. You're back. So, uh, what news? A possibility about a vault two? Where on earth did you read that? It sounds like fake news to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, supposedly, I don't know. Did someone say Gene mentioned it, or that he was asked about it? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just saw it. I went by it quick. I was like, oh, hmm, that's interesting. Well, there you go. That's, they're they're that's still all. they're still selling Vault One. So. Uh, as you know, with anything to do with KISS these days, with the end of the road perhaps beckoning uh, in 2019 and forever how many years they decide to keep going, start saving up your shekels because uh, you're going to need them. One way or the other, you're going to need them to keep the good ship KISS floating. So, uh, yeah. Vault 2? Well, we know there was a lot that wasn't on Vault 1. So whether it's uh, another Gene Vault or maybe a Kiss Vault or maybe the Kitchen maybe Sink. I don't care. I'll, t- I'll take it. Whatever it is. I'll, here, take my money. So, um, yeah. all right. After that uh, brief segue, let's get back to Project Gemini. Where's the Project Gemini Vault, Mark? And will you be hand-delivering? <laughs> well, um, no vault yet. I think I need a couple dozen more records before I could probably do a vault. But um, at this point, though, what's interesting is that I have finally completed the keyboard tracks. So once those mm-hmm. are done now, that means that I'm at the all-important lyric writing vocal recording part, which is the part I always kind of look forward to but sort of dread because, you know, it's lyric writing and, it's, you know, you're, you're always so unsure of yourself, whether it's packy or you're writing something that's cheesy. You always think you look at it and then you crumple it up and then you bring it back again. You don't know whether it's good or not. You know how it is. So um, I'm at that stage right now. Um, there, A lot of people have been getting pretty excited about the advent of the third record. I've been posting a lot about it, little updates about things like that. So um, as of right now, I'm just about ready to do the vocals. After that's done, I just have guitar solos to do and it's done. And I just have to mix it and get it out there. So record three is going to be coming around the corner pretty soon. And I'm also pleased that all the European people have finally started getting all their records that got sent out. So I'm glad that uh, everybody has gotten their pre-orders finally. So thank you again. Cool. Good update. And uh, I'll just give an update on a couple of things. The Gene Simmons Vault Supplement Third Printing. 
I got that <laughs> notification that it's shipping today from the printer, so uh, it could take anywhere from two to seven days to reach me, so I should be shipping next week, uh, very latest by next weekend. So thank you to everyone who pre-ordered that. I'm, again, absolutely flabbergasted. I, I have a, I've done a special insert for the third edition, and I here it is right here. I, I don't have one next to me. So I've got one other thing to pimp. Of course, we're still talking about... The 2018 Rock and Pod Expo in Nashville. I've got some new perks available, and uh, just very few of these being made. Um, and it is a smaller edition of Volume One of the Kiss on Tour, so 1973 through 83, with a custom dust sleeve because it is a cloth-bound hardcover. So very few of these. Fifty-dollar donation to the Rock and Pod GoFundMe, which you can find the links for all that on the FAQ message board or on Facebook. Fifty bucks, get one of these. There's only eight of them, seven because I'm keeping one. Um, so that includes shipping in the U.S. Shipping worldwide, uh, you'll need to pay thirty-two bucks uh, because it's heavy. It's one of my books. So uh, just doing one of those. Let's talk about some uh, some of the recent stuff that you added to your KISS collection before we get into today's topic. Mark, you've been shopping. You've just been recording. I'm doing a lot of recording, but in the midst of it, of course, I've been scouring the internets looking for my you know, international things to add to my collection. That's my big thing right now. I'm kind of done with my Canadian and U.S. stuff. I'm looking for international ones, although I do have one Canadian that I'll show. But... Uh, the one I have three things to show. So I have this, which is my Italian pressing of Unmasked. Mm. I don't know if you'll be able to see. Yeah. Nice. Durium. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I thought they'd be in on phonogram by then. So cool. Mm. So I got one of those. Um, you'll be very surprised to see this one with the with the history of this album and me. But I have a Japanese. Destroyer. Mm, nice. Ooh, label. Yep. And the last one is actually something I'm not sure how how interesting uh, like American collectors find this, but us in our little Canadian Kiss collectors group that we have, um, we this has been something that we've been looking and looking and looking and scouring everywhere for. And I'll get, I'll show you in more detail what I mean, but this is asylum. Yay. Right. <laughs> and there's, as you know, the, the center label is, was, you know, a custom one for Canada, right? Which is the white right. one. There's two of them, right? Yep. So this one was the bitch to find. And I finally found the, the blue. blue one. Nice. Very good. Mm. So, and that took a lot of us in the kiss Collect, his Canadian Collectors Club a little while to find. It's really hard to find for some reason, but I think all of us in that club have finally found one for our collections. So there's my three new things that I've added to my collection. All right. Well, Ken, have you added anything interesting in the past week? Uh, I didn't get anything in the mail, uh, I don't think. Um, but um, except for the uh, magazine. So I got the... Uh, the Rock Candy. Oh, you got magazines. that. Great. How is it? Because I have not purchased it's, it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I have this. Well, I have a subscription. I think this is the last issue of the subscription, uh, unless I decide to renew it. Uh, so I got lucky, and I think uh, this last one. But yeah, the uh, 
the solo album articles is you know it's pretty good you know and there's and a couple of them are you know i think it's 14 pages of it um and there's different you know just articles and a couple of different interviews too um in here so i think they even mentioned your book i want to say they do <laughs> but it's a it's a good you know do they? You I, want, I, hope know, they I hope they i hope they mention my <laughs> what? I, I, I think they mentioned it, but anyway. It's always good when someone mentions the book. Yeah. You know, whether whether it's in print or on other podcasts, I, you know, I always get happy to, when they say that. So, uh, what have been I... mentioned on a few? Yeah. This yeah. week. Yeah. I know th- three sides mentioned me and uh, podcast. Podcast. Yeah, good they and talked bad. About you. So yeah. So for here, here's a, I think this is the start of the article. Some of the Fantastic Four. And uh, it goes into some other uh, uh, Kulik, uh, Bob Kulik interview, um, and so on. Uh, about they were competitive. Uh, Hart, uh, John Hart, he was talk, he talking about when they were doing the solo albums and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Excellent. So I haven't bought anything this week. Uh, well, it was all Def Leppard stuff because um, I'm working on the second edition of that book. Still finished Pyromania, the on tour section, uh, pretty much. Well, and High and Dry's done, and the club's done, and On Through the Night's done. So I think I may just to piss off Al, you wanker, um, split that into three volumes and like the the latest uh, Def Leppard box set, uh, which is yeah, collection one, is. Uh, you know, the the club era through hysteria. Maybe do the second edition in multi-volumes. I'll have to see how big it all turns out to be. So the only thing uh, I've got that's kind of sitting on my desk still, I can't remember if I've shown this or not, but I'll hold it up. And if you see it, it's actually a pin. Yeah, it's uh, about an inch in, uh, an inch tall. And it is a tongue. If you look at your Hotter Than Hell album, it is, of course, the design that John, like Van, that. John Van Hamsveld, or however you say his name, yeah. created and designed. And he actually designed this independently. There used to be a story online uh, that he actually discussed this. And what he was trying to do is something obviously very similar to the Rolling Stones that would give mm. Kiss um, something oh, yeah. that they could merchandise themselves and use. Right. But it didn't fly at the at the time for whatever reason. I, I don't recall what he did say about why it wasn't picked up. But it was integrated into the design of the album cover, and now he's selling these pins um, through yesterday's. Just uh, so, you, so, to, uh, so if you check out his name yeah. on online and do yesterday's, you can find this uh, pin available, and it's you know it's pretty decent. It looks good. Could do with the red being a little bit brighter, but there you go. Um, for what I paid. To- totally worth having. Now, if I had a jean jacket, I could actually stick it on. Um, that'd be even better, but I don't, don't fit into my jean jacket anymore. So, yeah. All right, so let's get into today's topic. And, um, you know, it's kind of a corporal punishment topic. It's uh, the crimes of kiss. And someone did chime back in with a different title for the episode. Uh, but uh, crimes of kiss. What are some of the things that Chris... Chris... Kiss has done that are criminal in your mind. What are some of the laws that they've broken that they really ought to be punished for or taken to task for? Mark, how did you kind of approach this topic today? Well, um, 
at first I was a little unsure about it, so I consulted the voice of reason earlier, and he <laughs> guided me down the the path of reason to how to approach it. And I think I'm uh, I think I'm very clear on how to approach it now. Um, so I'll go with my first crime, and this will be no surprise to anybody who is a listener and has heard me before. But my first kiss crime has to be that uh, the hiring of Bob Ezrin for Destroyer. I think that that was the biggest crime committed in history in my opinion this of course is my opinion i know that others will disagree but i feel that in, in all seriousness i oftentimes wonder what would have happened if they would not have used bob ezrin and for example did continue with eddie or got somebody else like who knows like another producer at the time like jack richardson or somebody else what would it have been like if they had taken the kiss uh, destroyer material and had it done with another producer because like i've said in a few other posts and stuff like that i've always felt that bob ezrin's records that he's done with kiss have always ended up being very odd and stuff that were difficult for me to grasp onto whether it was elder or destroyer and even revenge to some way i mean i remember the very first time i heard revenge my friend was playing it to be in his house and he's like, check it out. It's a new kiss. And I was like, Oh, it's pretty good. But then when certain songs came up, I was kind of like, Ew. like when spit came up, I was like, Oh, what is that? Like, and it, and I always find that there's those songs in there that kind of, you know, make me kind of turn my nose up at the Bob Ezrin work. Now, like I said before, just the other night, I was listening to Alice Cooper stuff. They you know, love mm-hmm. it to death and stuff like that. And that's some of Bob Ezrin's great work in my opinion. So, I don't really have anything on him personally as a producer, but when he touches Kiss stuff, it just seems to turn to turd, in my opinion. So, you know, that's why I think one of the biggest crimes, in my opinion, are well, one of them so far. Pretty sure you're going to end up shitlisted for life too, Mark. So uh, <laughs> there, there, there we go. Um, I couldn't disagree more. But uh, Ken, let's move on to you. Well. Yeah, I have about eleven things here, but uh, good. That'll make up for my lack of a list because I'm, yeah, to- I'm okay. totally winging it. Wasn't able to do any prep, so, so yeah, bail, I, bail me out here. Yeah, a couple hours ago, I sat down and I thought, okay, what are cause kind of what do you know they should have done or not should have done or whatever. Um, so uh, one of them was that I wrote down was um, Kiss should have released the Elder as originally intended, meaning. You know, not succumbing to the the record company, you know, maybe demands uh, to make it more, try to make it, fix it, or make it more rock and roll. Um, have you know, Bob Ezrin, you know, have to uh, take out all the, you know, the, the talking parts, speaking parts, and and this and that, and and, and the running order, of course, too. Um, so I would have rather them just. You know, just go with it. You went with it that way. It was intended to be released a certain way, and then they just put it out and then changed the order of songs, and which mixed up the story and made it more confusing for the listener besides the music that the different style of music that they're playing. They could confuse them there, and they got confused them with the story. So uh, they should have released it as intended. 
yeah, I just did a another podcast with uh, some fellows about that album. So, no, oh, yeah, we it, did. it's a very very jumbled album indeed. So, yeah, I, I agree. That probably is a, a bit of a crime. Mine, I, I think the things that immediately popped into my mind when we talk about Kiss crimes, immediately, obviously, with doing so much on Crazy Nights lately. I think mm. the exclusion of Sword and Stone from that album, for whatever reason, is a crime because it was the sort of anthem that I think could have done things that Crazy Nights itself as a song simply could not have. Um, I think it's vastly, you know, um, it would have changed the dynamic of the album completely. It wouldn't have fit whatsoever, you know, in hindsight, but, uh, you know, it's another one of those. M- what seems or feels like a lost opportunity that the band didn't take to have a powerful song out at the time. You know, they could even have just released it, you know, early on in 87 as a tide you over for the long delay Mm -hmm. in between an album that was the perfect sort of anthem that Kiss was really lacking. You know, there's another one which I'm going to mention because, you know, it's my life not being included on a kiss sure. it, 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 for the exact same reason. They're yeah. anthems, but it's clear that one member or a producer uh, torpedoed either of those songs for whatever reason. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what the reasons are. We as fans can go on and on and on about how awesome, how great we think these songs are, how they would have been hits. Well, who the hell knows? Um, but I just really like both of those as great anthems from the 80s, which were kind of missing from the band's catalog, the flag waving. So to me, those are definite crimes. Absolutely. Let's continue with you, Mark, on another one of the things that you think is a crime that doesn't include Bob Ezzer. Well, okay, this doesn't include Bob. So, Um, but uh, (laughs) what, what I, what I do feel, and I, and actually I've been thinking about this quite a bit, um, one thing I think is a bit of a crime is I wish that Kiss would embrace some aspects of their past a little bit more than they do. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, for example, like I, every time I we do this podcast, I, you know, I see you guys in the background. I see that Beatles box, for example, on Ken's shelf there. And I can't help but think, for example, how the Beatles, for example, they're, whoever's been in charge of their whole you know, history and stuff have taken them upon themselves to go out and re-release a bunch of their stuff in the past on Blu-ray, like, you know, Help and all these other films that they've done. Why didn't, why hasn't Kiss embrace something like, let's say, for example, Kiss Meets the Phantom? Why not do a Blu-ray release with that? You know, it's coming up to the anniversary year now. Why don't they, I know they don't like the movie, but who cares? Their fans love it. We we seem to enjoy it enough that I'm sure that if it was done in a re-release form, even with them doing like a commentary with it, talking about their thoughts about it, I think lots of people would buy it. And because it was done obviously on film, you know, it's it's perfectly suited for a Blu-ray update to be done. And I think that the fact that they don't embrace these sorts of opportunities to get this stuff done is a real crime, I think, because other bands do it. And even to stuff I feel that they might be a little bit, you know, not ashamed about, but might roll their eyes about, like, oh boy, you know, you know, because that was early in their career. Maybe they don't think see it as strongly as some of their later material, but they still at least embrace it enough that they know that their fans love it enough, and they put it back out there in an updated form. So I, that's one thing I think is a real crime that Kiss has done. I blame Yoko. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ken, let's move on to your next pick. <laughs> well, since he said that one, I'm going to uh, kind of something that ties in to, to that. Um, and I know I had it here. It's, here it is, right here is one of the last ones I wrote down is um, uh, Kiss doesn't listen to their fans. And they say they do. They say the fans are, you know, their their boss. They always say that, but they're not listening. They're not li- putting out the things that we keep telling them that they should be putting out, whether like uh, Mark's example of a uh, special edition of you know, Kiss Me So Phantom. Uh, we talk about the box sets for the albums. Um, we, we talk about, uh, you know, other videos, you know, Kissology 3 or, you know, or 4, that is. We got 3, but 4. Um, stuff like that, you know. They, they promise us stuff, and uh, they say, you know, we're the, we're the boss, and uh, I, I, I don't believe it. I, I believe the boss is Paul Stanley, and and that's that's where the problem lies right now. Yeah, I'm almost wondering what did Paul discover in his closet this weekend? You know, last week was the Wicked Lester tape and yeah. the original T-shirt. Uh, oh yeah, this week was lyrics to Black Diamond, which on the back of it had the lyric, the original lyrics to keep me waiting. And someone else pointed out for me uh, Molly, which I didn't bother scrolling down the page when I flipped mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So you know, what is Paul doing? Uh, we, we don't know and until he actually does something I'm assuming he's not doing anything but just looking through, through boxes in his garage or attic or whatever and reminiscing a little bit but he's just I don't know if it's he may just be sharing this as far as with the fans on his tweets that might be as far as it goes I hope that's not true I hope it you know he actually puts it into something like well maybe we should you know monetize this stuff and, and, and do that. So I'm yeah, just hoping I mean, until I see it, I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely hope so too, because, you know, if he keeps stumbling, stumbling upon all these little gems in there, I mean, he could make, make it into something definitely for sure. If some kind of memorabilia book or something like make something out of it where mm-hmm. his fans would be very excited to see this stuff. Cause I mean, I, I know that when they showed that, that a uh, quarter inch, real there with those early Wicked Lester songs. I know that people jumped all over that right away. I mean, you know, that was one of the first things they talked about on podcast. The latest episode was all about that. So, you know, obviously it's a big deal to people within the KISS community. So uh, I'm with you, Ken. I really hope that he isn't just, you know, pulling our tail here and just, you know, showing (laughs) us things and then not doing anything with it. I hope he really is maybe just, you know, hyping us up with something in hopes of putting all this into something that, you know, could be, could relate into some sort of a release of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm going to kind of, uh, stir the cesspool a little bit with this, uh, kiss crime. Um, because a cesspool is exactly where it belongs. Anytime Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley refer to Ace and Peter as drug addicts, Mm. Um, and that's over the last five years. Yeah. I I think that is a crime. I think that needs to stop. I'm tired of hearing of it. I think that Peter has been clean probably for a very long time. Um, 
Ace works at his sobriety very hard. Every time he has a cold, people think he's fallen off the wagon. But when Gene and Paul, you know, you know, when Ace has a bad night, everyone's like, oh, he's fallen off the wagon. You know, he's probably taking some cold medicine or is sick and he's 60, what, eight years old, 67 years old. Um, you know, come on, guys, yeah, cut him a slack because I think he works very hard at his sobriety. Um, these guys should actually be applauded for being clean after, you know, what yes. both of them did in the yeah. 70s and Ace into the 80s, you know, that they're even mm -hmm. still with us. I think Gene and Paul should be absolutely celebrating. Look at the powers of dealing with your demons and conquering those addictions. They should be celebrating it at every opportunity that they can to say that we are blessed that Peter, Chris, and Ace Frehley are still with us mm -hmm. because they've worked so hard uh, to cleaning themselves up. Instead, what we hear addiction this junkies that you know and i find it really does denigrate yeah. peter and ace unnecessarily it's okay to say that and i'm going to paraphrase this paul stanley um, i don't want to work with people like that anymore i just don't want them in my in, in my circle because i don't have fun when i do it i'll be totally honest you know be honest don't use something yeah. that is not the case any longer anymore and stop reminding everyone because anyone who does work with addiction um, knows that it's a day-by-day -day battle. It's, a, it's not something that you're, uh, I'm clean. I don't have to think about it again. Because mm -hmm. people will know that you have to think about it an awful lot to maintain that sobriety. So that's one that I really feel the need to get off my chest. Because it's one that I don't want to read. And I seem to recall that Gene had said it again in Sweden during the vault experience. He was asked a question, um, yeah. you know, in the, in the press about touring with the final, with the, the former members for the final tour and either saying it or alluding to that answer again. And now that he's fronting a pot company, of course, um, it's time <laughs> to get down off that high horse because, uh, you know, you can't do one and continue to bag on the other. They're very much connected yeah. to the same. Uh, I route. think that's kind of, I think it's kind of interesting though, that why he would even do it now, because I mean, from what I kind of got the impression, it almost seemed like he was trying to, no, I'm talking about bad mouthing those guys. Oh, sorry. I, I mean, because it, it kind of, money? I kind of got the impression, <laughs> I kind of got the impression that things were starting to get mended up. I mean, Ace has been hanging out with Gene on a lot of his, you know, vault events, and you know, it seems like he, it almost came, seemed like Peter they were came trying out to, to his vault in New York. Ace has been yeah. there to a few, and you know, done lullabies to the home experience for Gino. You know, so sorry to interrupt, but get back to your thought. No, no, no but I, but I, that, that's my point exactly. You just, you know, solidified it because I just think that because of all that, the fact that he would say anything negative about them is a real head scratcher to me. I don't understand where that comes from because, like I said, I think that he's he's been working at it very hard. I agree with that, and I think Peter's done a great job in keeping himself healthy. He looks really good for his age. I mean, the guy looks great, you know. He looks and, the best out of those yeah. four original members. Peter Chris wins. He sounds great. Yeah. He looks great. He's beat cancer. He's beat other demons in his life, and uh, probably at a very happy place in his life. So, you know, congratulations, Peter. You are the winner. Yeah, exactly. So, well, why? You know, is there? I can't imagine what it could be. Because I mean, everybody seems to be doing okay now as far as finances and stuff like that. So, what would be the point? Back in the '80s, I could understand they were still, you know, within a sort of 
bitter battle, you know, who's going to do better with their careers now and blah, blah, blah. So, of course, that kind of dirt will be brought up. But now that just doesn't seem to make any sense. No. Okay. Now on to a happier... Wait, no, we're talking about crimes. It's not going to be a happy, warm, <laughs> fuzzy episode today. All right, who's up next? Is that you, Mark? Mark, is... Mark yeah. back to you. All right. Well, this one is, a to me, a sort of minor crime, but I mean, I guess it could be explained away. But uh, I've always kind of wondered why they didn't give Mark St. John a little bit more slack and maybe not let him give him more of a chance like he came in they started touring they brought him along you know sure his hand was all shot but obviously his hand got better because he started doing stuff after and was playing again so why they didn't give him the benefit of the doubt and maybe at least stick with him a little bit longer i think the biggest crime to me is i would have loved to have seen at least one tour cycle with him in the band just so that at least we would have some kind of historical footage with him involved in a live capacity not just one video in an album you know I, i'd really have liked to have seen him what he could have done in a full capacity like playing some of these old classic kiss songs i know there's a tape circulating somewhere like a really terrible audience recording with him playing but i would have loved to be able to you know see him in a better sort of light you know have them play a lot of shows you know and then maybe there would have been a soundboard recording down the line with him I, that's one crime i think that that's that's for me to say like i mean i that's one crime i think you know maybe not to other people but i would have loved to have seen what he would have done in that capacity i think they should have gave him a little bit longer time to get himself together i would bet they have a sound tape from binghamton uh, where was it binghamton poughkeepsie and baltimore so mm-hmm. there's uh the full show from uh binghamton is actually there's an upgrade out there mark so track it down because it is oh really actually, yeah it's actually a lot better than the one that was you know out there for many years does sound yeah with Mark, I think how much more of a chance because they didn't give him any chance whatsoever. So anything, you know, more of a chance could have been like two more shows. Um, mm. it, it's just one of those very weird situations. There must have been something like a Vegas wedding that they woke up married to Mark St. John in the morning. It was like, holy shit, annulment. Uh, <laughs> because that relationship was never consummated. Well, I guess it was technically in the studio. But uh, you know, one of those very weird things with the band that there, there must be more to the story. There must, yeah. be, there must be something other than him not being the right fit, him not being able to play the same solo twice. Um, there's got to be something else that they've kept under wraps rather than come. And, I mean, even Paul in his book didn't, you know, throw him under the bus to the sort of extent that he might have, I guess, if there was some reason. But Mark's gone which is a yeah. dreadful shame. And Mark certainly never really spoke about the reality either. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. Ken. Okay. Well, the next one I have is that the band, uh, during the reunion era, um, they did not record, you know, Psycho Circus, the Psycho Circus album with all, Four original members as a as a band, um, meaning the complete album, <laughs> uh, where they all went in, they all recorded, they all went in the studio together and recorded it. Um, and we'll never know what it could have been. Um, I think, obviously, it's partly the, I guess the fault of these lawyers that they're asking for more money and that's what they blame it on. But they still could have got it done somehow. I think. Um, and then the Kiss 
turns out and then they, they basically lie about it for you know a, quite a while um that you know as if the fans weren't going to figure out who's the drumming style is different you know and and, and the guitar uh, soloing I, is different I, I didn't figure it out you didn't figure it out? Yeah. No, well, no yeah. my my review's still up online. If I say, if I try and rewrite history and say, Oh yeah, I knew it wasn't Peter, you know, yeah. people are gonna point out that I did say that's the best drumming I've heard Peter do in a long time. You know. So well, there you go. So <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't know. it's very possible that the album could have been a lot better. Maybe not. Maybe it's the you know, the songs, you know. You know that's part of the problem too. But I think it would have been better actually had they gone in and recorded an album right before the first reunion. Um, somehow recorded it around then um, when the excitement was still there. When they before they started getting sick of each other again and touring um, and that sort of stuff. Those other things start coming up. I think that would have been a better time. The excitement would have been there. Maybe energy, you know, would have been a bit more electric in the studio at that time if they would have done it at that point instead of when they did and then not having everybody there anyway on every song. So so before they started annoying each other, so that would have left them about a week window to record an album. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure working on an Maybe. album would have, would have uh, hastened uh, the demise of the business relationship. So we would have, we would have ended up with an EP and no re- alive worldwide, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000. Oh. oh, God. All right. My next pick is something I think is probably going to be very obvious. Alive 3 without Eric Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, a live three should always have been with Eric for the yeah. time he was in the band. Um, I'm, I'm going to now be revisionist and say that in 1991, after his passing, they put a, should have put a revenge on hold a little bit and immediately released a live album with Eric Carr celebrating his life and his music and his time with the band. What it would have been in terms of the recordings, um, that would have been tough to kind of pick from most of the shows i think it would ha- probably have to have been cold from the hot in the shade or on one of those two shows that were you know professionally filmed because at that point they were big into the video cycle um but it you know and, and that's no disrespect to eric singer either because it made sense after revenge mm-hmm. came out for them to then do a live three but that should have been a live four a live three definitely should have been eric carr and i'm going to absolutely say that it should have been from the hot in the shade tour as well and married with a a video just wrong 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 and we still don't have a properly mixed full live performance do we of eric can't think of one Mm. none of the stuff none of the stuff on kissology exactly counts as well so Mm. i want it open the archive up people yeah all right mark back to you well mine is uh sort of plays off of yours a little bit um one of the one of the crimes i think is pretty big in my mind is i think that the fact that they didn't have eric carr sing on more kiss records he only appears on one record and then one well of course he if you i don't count beth to me that's not really something that i consider eric carr you know contribution um you know but 
other than Little Caesar, there's 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 nothing else with him singing. And I mean, I really think that he had a good enough voice, even as far back as when he joined the band, to have been able to be put on a song. I mean, they put Peter on, you know, gave him at least a song for every record to sing on. Why they, they couldn't give him something and continue that sort of cycle where they had everybody singing, you know, on the records. I think that that was a real crime because he's a good singer. I mean, Gene even gave him one of his own songs to sing live instead of him doing it live, you know? Yeah. So why, why not just let him go and do a couple of songs on there? Like, why not just have Gene write a song for a record and get Eric to sing it instead? You know, I think that was a real missed opportunity because I, I've always thought that he had a good voice, not only for, background singing but for actual lead vocal stuff i thought that he did a good job and i think that that's another missed opportunity that they had in a real real crime because just like the crime with the noah live three with eric on drums which i have to be 110 percent behind that i think that you're 100 percent right on that they should have definitely did that with him because he he put in so much into that band he does he deserved to be on a live album like that and I think that he deserved to be more present on the studio albums as well, vocally. Yep, and just think back to 1981. I think it was the Australian Kiss Army newsletters at the time that teased hearing a new voice, you know, on on the Kiss album that became The Elder. That they that they thought Eric was possibly, you know, maybe they're just teasing. Who knows? You know, even mm-hmm. as far back as 1981, that that it was considered. They knew he could sing. And maybe mm-hmm. he maybe he was too good a singer. You have to remember with Peter and Ace, you know, for founding members of the band who were building the brand, the band before it became a brand. Mm-hmm. So there was much more of a reason to keep Peter happy um, if they weren't going to dump him for all the complaints that they've you know now leveled at him um, that they were going through in the early years. That they were more willing to say, you know, Peter, here's a song, you know. To have those voices, to try and be the rock and roll Beatles, but once you become a successful band, and you've lost members, and the balance has shifted, then there's, I guess, there's less uh, inclination to say, "Okay, Eric, you've been really good on this tour. Now, as a reward, <laughs> you can have a Porsche, a cookie, or a lead vocal." What's behind door number three, Eric? This is your life. <laughs> you, know, you know, so it, it's. I, I kind of understand why it's different that you know Eric didn't get it but i totally agree it was a crime love to have had more eric stuff that's why i've enjoyed unfinished business and rockology so much you know I hope, yeah i hope more stuff surfaces mm-hmm. with them singing it's always always exciting all right ken mm-hmm. okay well my next one goes back to um a video or movie whatever you want to call it um the crime is that they don't have a, a proper documentary um out and of course, there is one that's been created and it's shelved for whatever reasons. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd like a documentary similar to what like the Tom Petty documentary uh, is or was um, that's out there, um, and, which is hours long, you know, a few hours. Um, and it's really good. Um, I, I think they could do something similar to that, even better if they wanted to. Um, and imagine, you know, just imagine, you know, Tom Petty, you know, died not that long ago. And uh, imagine had he waited, you wouldn't have him there talking during the documentary and questions and talking about all the, I mean, all of that stuff was very, very interesting in that documentary 
firsthand stuff straight out of his mouth. Are they going to wait for someone to freaking die and kiss before they get something out? And there's going to be, oops, well, we can't do it now. You know, yeah. it's too late. You know, you're not going to have a firsthand interview with Gene and Paul. Sure, they've done interviews in the past, and there's probably interviews from this documentary. But still, if you're going to do a new one full out, they just need to get it done and do it, um, and start, uh, you know, or stop complaining about you know how much money they're going to get up front and all that crap. I mean, come on, you got enough money. Let's let's get something out for the fans. Again, that goes back to my other point about doing things for the fans. The fans want this. Just do it. Yeah, but maybe they figured that the fans know they're happy anyway, so why bother? That they're not happy? Yeah, you know, everyone everyone always... They'd compl- be ha- more happier if they put something out. Well, yeah, I know that, and you know that. Fans but, are fans. But what what do they focus on when they read stuff? Do they, do they focus on the people who are saying, this is great, this is awesome, we love it, we're so excited to finally be able to pay for it, and thank you so much for doing it? Or do they focus on the guy who says, well, it doesn't have this, it sucks? You know, is, is it that one negative voice is the loudest in the uh, in the pool? Or, you know... Well, I don't know who they're listening to. Uh, I don't know if they should listen. I don't know what Doc Doc is telling them. Maybe they don't listen to him anymore anyway. What does Doc um, actually do these days? I haven't seen him in so long. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling he's just, you know, getting them ready for the next supposed big tour. But, geez, they, they need to, you know, crack the whip. Yeah. Does he go into the office every day? We're working on Kiss shit today. I have no idea. <laughs> how, how, do, how, do, how does that work? You know, no, and, and no offense is meant to Doc. And I'm just, you know, kind of curious. What does the Kiss guy do? You know, uh, I'd, I'd be fascinated. Doc, be you, you, don't, you don't need to call me. You know, they should do a, a Doc about Doc. Yeah, that could be interesting. Well, he's, he has quite the he has quite the career if you really think he about does. it. He has a hell of a career, absolutely. It, you know, that that'll be a book I read if he does a oh, autobiography or someone does one on him. First day purchaser, with, without a doubt, absolutely mm-hmm. staggering what he's done in his career. I mean, it, when we talk about getting you know Bill O'Coin into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, Doc McGee is one of the. They should yeah. definitely be thinking about managers, a group or a classification for managers to get inducted because he's one of yeah. the, the heavyweights. So yeah, because yeah, I mean, if, if you look at all the, to hear about all the stuff he's done, and even look at some of the books like The Dirt, he's he's been all he's all over that book too. I mean, so there's lots of stuff you can reference to with his career. I mean, mm-hmm. just what he did with Motley Crue alone and that whole kerfuffle with the Ro- Ro- Moscow Peace Festival is enough to write a book on. You know, so. A lot, of, lot with Doc. I mean, I'm guessing now he's probably just doing a lot of legal stuff for whatever kind of toys come out or whatever kind of release of something that comes out. He probably oversees stuff, I'm sure, with those guys to this point. I'm guessing, but who knows? That that that'd be yeah. interesting. So maybe we'll get to read about it one day. All right. So my next pick is it's a crime that Kiss and or their label and or their rights owners have not leveraged the catalog properly. And that totally right. goes into the archival releases. That's uh, a matter of point of the 1997 remasters still being the current versions on release, even after mm-hmm. they reissued kiss 40 
or Kisteria 40, whatever the vinyl and the new mixes were, um, the new remasters, that they never hopped on a proper reissue like the Beatles did in the U.S. with their mini sleeves and their mono mixes and their... Yes. Come on. They did the Casablanca single set, which was fantastic. Um, so, mm -hmm. very cool. They didn't do the mono version of that, which is a bit of a bummer because there were mono versions of a lot of those singles as well, which are somewhat mm -hmm. different. Um, my inner geek saying, Julian, they also did do the <laughs> A-track version. Okay. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they they have they have not gone back and properly done a whole catalog revamp. They have not done anything digitally exciting other than the absolute bare minimum. Abject laziness on behalf of whomever the decider is. And this is not an attack on anyone, it is just a commentary. Um so I'm I'm you know, I'm beyond the point of getting bummed out at the things that other bands are doing, be they Pearl Jam or Metallica. And I'm talking about with their catalog, not suing people. Um, Metallica has been excellent, even to this day, of releasing their shows for you to be mm -hmm. able to buy. I know there's a, probably a reason why Kiss doesn't, and that's fine. But there's plenty of stuff that they could be leveraging. Mm -hmm. So... No CDs. I mean, come on. If I go into a store and see another fucking remaster from 1997, I just want to scream. It's like, come on, do something. You, yeah. They're past their sell-by date at this point, and I would happily buy the catalog again. How many people bought the freaking Kisteria box set? I mean, lots. Yeah. And lots of people bought the vinyl as well. Why wasn't there a companion? So... Mm -hmm. It is not being cultivated properly, in my opinion. There must be some reason why it's not, that we're not privy to, and that's fine. But it's just embarrassing in this day and age. You know, even Def, right. even Def Leppard and its collection that it just put out. Look at what you got in that box that hadn't already been released. Very little. Hysteria yeah. was remastered a couple of years ago and has been released like four different times in recent years. Pyromania mm -hmm. was a deluxe edition um, with the live show from the forum tacked on. Um, high and dry, that was what we were waiting for, basically, yeah. the remaster, which is essentially the same as uh, the iTunes version, and the same with On Through the Night. The Rarities CD, yeah, there's some stuff on there that's new, I think three songs total. There's not much new in there. It's basically a big cash grab rehash, and Kiss mm -hmm. isn't doing anything like that. They just never do anything. No matter how many times you see the Pink Floyds or the Zeppelins, uh, mm -hmm. you know, re or Blacks, uh, King Crimson goes on and on. Yeah, Frank Zappa. I Anyone mean, Frank else? Zappa. Yeah. Zappa is a prime example of it. I went to the record store the other day, and his section is huge. And I collect Zappa stuff on CD, like and, and on the spine. There's a little number at the top that tells you what number this releases out of the collection. He's up to like 117 or something like that. But, but he releases, yeah, he re and he releases a. There's a ton of stuff that the family, uh, corporate corporation, there's releasing. Like they have road tapes, which is like sound recordings from various tours. Like there's road tapes volume one, road tapes volume two. They have stuff from his very very early time before he even did the Frank Zappa and the Mothers, like little quarter inch stuff that they found and that they put on CD. They did. They've done a whole bunch of. Uh, the different kinds of releases of, from different tours, uh, re like it's just incredible what you, what these bands have been doing. And Kim Crimson, I'll always hype them because even now they're going back on tour again. And I guarantee you, in about a week or two, on their DMG site, DGM site, they're gonna have it 
a song from every show on that tour available for download for free mm-hmm. or the whole show you can download for a you know low price there and you can have the whole tour on cd or on your computer in digital form if you want it i mean why aren't they not mining these same ideas yeah and uh yeah. michael cavaccini who has been on the, the show several times did a great article um that you read on his website johnny mathis the Voice of Romance, the Columbia Original Album Collection, a 68 CD Ooh. box containing all of Johnny's Columbia albums. Ah. Now, imagine mm-hmm. that with Kiss. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the CD box of every single Kiss album, including Abominations like Smashes or mm-hmm. the Alive mm-hmm. 4 um millennium show just ever yeah. like as a cd chronologically from beginning to end you know yeah. if you're going out next year guys think about it just a big ass box of every official release throw in all the international versions so the best of kiss with the japanese cover the one no one can ever find um mm-hmm. the south african releases the <clears throat> french the german japanese put it all into one big box you know you guys don't mind rehashing stuff you know, so the the kiss box to end all kiss boxes as a CD set, you know, that's probably still a good chunk of change. And, you know, leverage the damn catalog. Yeah. Sakes. Before your fans start dying. And <laughs> Jesus, we've been very, very patient. Oh, yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> Take my blood pressure pill. All right. So, Mark, we're back to you now, aren't we? That Was that the end of my yeah. rant? I kind of missed where I was. Got some work done. Yeah. Damn it. Well, I mean, but it was a good, it was an excellent point, though, and I and I think that you know, with it's, it's that that what we just discussed could be an episode in, on its own. There's so much to talk about with that. But anyways, um, one thing that I thought that is a crime again. This is probably not a major crime, but it's always something that's kind of bothered me, knowing how much Bill Coin was a man who always had a video camera with him present, and I know that maybe he wasn't with Kiss all the time in the early days. But one thing I think that's a bit of a crime is that there isn't a really good, or at least I haven't seen one. You can correct me if I'm wrong here. I have, I have, have not seen a very good filmed footage of them from their very first tour minus Coventry. Okay. Like, I mean, something from their first Canadian tour or even that new year's Eve show, that very first show that they did that big hyped one mm. there with, the. Blue like, I wish they would have actually, yeah, I wish they would have actually filmed that thing in full to see it. You know, I mean, that that's one crime for me because I mean, they have a lot of stuff filmed that you can yeah. see on, you know, various DVDs and stuff, but there's nothing really full from the first album cycle. Yeah, agreed. I agree. If they have it, they should they should get it out there again. You know, monetize it. Monetize it while you can, <laughs> so that you benefit and not your heirs. That's mm-hmm. how I, that's how I look at it. Cat has gone to yours. I gotta right. I gotta get in trouble today. Uh, um, all right, my next one is it's a crime that Kiss did not perform at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whether it was the current band or whether they should have just somehow gotten the four originals there or you know the whole party of people um, that were there um 
They should have done it. I don't know. I know this, there's, there's excuses about saying, well, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame said you had to have makeup on. I still think they could have gotten it. You know, I don't think that's the whole story. I think they still could have played without makeup. Um, and even, you know, I just don't get it. After seeing other Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performances like this year's and, and other years with other bands, it just doesn't make sense. You have extra guys in there, guys filling in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Getty, Getty Lee filling in with Yes, that sort of stuff, right? Um, I, I just don't get it. It, it should have happened. I think they're just being too. Uh, I don't know. It, it has to be coming from Gene and Paul um, why they didn't do it. And I'm going to say again, I'm going to blame Paul mostly for it. That that not happening. It's just I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be mostly Paul because he's again he's steering the ship as far as I'm concerned, as far as I can tell for uh, many years now. Yeah, Gene's gonna get a message from. No, Gene. Gene seems pretty chill about most things. You know, he's kind of shrugs his shoulders and just goes with it. Paul is a different type of personality. I I mean, I hope I'd I'd love to be wrong. I'd love for you to be wrong on that, Ken. You know, for it to be someone at the Hall of Fame or Doc to have been, you know, yeah, yeah. the issue. You know, they don't do free concerts. (laughs) Because again, it was such for the fans and for the band. What would it have meant, particularly? I think Peter up there doing Beth, Ace mm-hmm. up there doing Two Thousand Men or or whatever, you whatever. know, shock me. And Gene mm-hmm. and Paul, come on, Detroit Rock City and God of Thunder. You know, let's just go there with kind of their signature songs. To right. have been doing it at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame together, and there is no reason why any of the former members that they wanted to include could not have been included off mm-hmm. to the side or supporting them, you know, yeah. on stage. And that's why without makeup would have been the only way that they could do it because you couldn't have the four originals in makeup and the the guys who've taken it over been the a guises. Weird. It just yeah. would have been, too, well, it would have been, I and mean, maybe it would have been perfect for Kiss because this is Kiss, you know, kind of the utterly dysfunctional, weird and crazy and <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. So maybe that the Halloween masks, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been that's a good one. So, so, so that is, uh, yeah, it's a crime. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very sad now. Um, which is, Sorry it, about that. but you, you've you've helped me to remember another crime. Ki- <laughs> You're welcome. Kistry, that Kistry mm. stopped after that abomination volume two. There could have been so many more volumes. If you think about what they've done with the monster book, you know that could have been a history volume in itself, and that would have that would have been big enough, yeah. um, you know, for a photo book. Um, again, I've said it before: a touring history as a history three. You yeah. could have you could have done so many different sorts. You could have done the merchandise. Actually, you know, like some of these projects that are going on. I know Nicholas is getting close to uh, his, you know, uh, collecting kiss nearly being done i'm sure they've got tons of memos and stuff that they could have that history as a series again uh, 200 bucks or whatever inflation takes that size book up to being every three to five years in the number of years since the second one came out that i still think it could have been very much done um 
you know, and if you get the fan projects that are worthy to become a history, to basically do a deal with the fans. And most fans could very easily be bullied or manipulated into taking pennies on the dollar just to have their name on the inside cover of and have done most of the work. So I think that was a missed opportunity. It's one I hope they do pick up and that they do a history volume three. How or what? I, I mean, I don't know. But maybe it covers more of the history after history one, mm -hmm. which is a good chunk of history in the same format now, continuing the story in their voice or Jeff Kitt's voice, I think, was who wrote the most of the dialogue um, in the original one. So, you know, the books look great. Mine sits over there on the floor because I don't have a shelf big enough to put it on. So yeah. it, it, it's still an impressive thing. But it's a crime that they didn't continue to build on it, even though they took those steps with History 2 to continue. All right, Mark. Well, uh, my other crime is similar to what you just talked about. And that, had, that is uh, that they haven't done Kissology for. That, like, that's one thing that's been really bothering me because I, I know that they've already posted so many times what could be on Kissology for, the potential things that are on there. And even if half of those things are true to be on there, I mean, I would love to see it, you know. And, uh, you know, you had even, you know, Tommy Thayer saying that he knows for a fact there's a full pro shot asylum show that, you know, hasn't been seen yet and stuff like that. I mean, all these things could be put on to a Kissology foreign release. And I think that's long overdue. I know there's all kinds of, you know, you know, legal red tape about why they can't call it Kissology anymore. But you know what? Big deal. Don't call it Kissology then. Call it something else and just release it. And, you know, from this period on, call it this new name or whatever. And that's it. I don't think fans will care that it's not called Kissology. They just want to see the material like I want to see it, you know? I mean, and I I would love to see some of these shows, like the last Kobo Hall shows, for example. I thought that would be a great thing to see or, you know... but. I just want to see these things that are in the vault that they've told us that they have for a fact and finally put it out there again. It's the why they're not doing it is just beyond me, you know? Yep. I agree. Agreed. Long overdue. All right. So we're just about at the hour mark. So Ken, let's make your final pick the last one for this episode. And, uh, we'll continue our complaints at some time in the future because without a doubt, Kisses history is full of crimes. So, Ken, give us your last pick today. Yeah, I have more picks, but I'll, do, I'll go with a, a kind of a simple one. It's kind of a, something that just bugs me more than anything else. It probably doesn't bug other people, but it bugs me. Um, and it's the way uh, Gene's been doing his makeup uh, since. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Not the other makeup, but you know, his, his Kiss stage makeup. Um, I, I'd want him to do his makeup like he did back from either from 77 era through 80, maybe 82. Somewhere in that period, it's gotten a lot weirder and thinner and stretched out. I know his face has changed. He's, he's had facelifts or whatever. But still, the makeup, it's, it's drawn on. I mean, you can make it similar to the original or, you know, the super kiss error or whatever you want to call it um it's it's just it doesn't look right to me uh it doesn't look as mean 
or you know demonish as it used to when it, it did back in the day it just bugs the heck out of me i don't know what it is uh i just don't like it. i think it's it's gotten maybe lazy um you know the makeup part of it uh and his is the most visual, you know, or recognized makeup. And I would think he'd want to keep it too, like it, you know, used to be. I don't know. I just don't like it the way it is right now. It, hmm. it's, it's It could be a lot better. Okay. So, Gene, if you're listening, and yeah, I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Please go back to the, you know, even the 70, you know, the live two, you know, that great great picture there that makeup right there um uh, was was perfect so can you go back to that please i think you're more likely to see paul stanley in the raccoon makeup i mean the bandit yeah the bandit makeup (laughs) yeah that'd be interesting it came out like that one time before that ever happens so all right um Got looking through our comments on last week's episode, someone got annoyed when we mentioned The Vault. So I'm going to mention The Vault just gratuitously to annoy you this week. Uh, we're not actually going to discuss anything with it. So that is our episode for this week. That is some of the things that we consider to be Kiss's crimes that they've committed against their fandom or themselves or the world or humanity or the intergalactic empire. But whatever, you know, what are some of the things that you think are crimes that Kiss have committed? I mean, these are the most egregious sins that they have committed in the Church of Christianity. The things that you really need an ointment or cream or liquid medicine to assuage. Um, Wherever you listen to our show, be it on Facebook, on YouTube, or on the FAQ cesspool, if you want to leave your comments and your thoughts on the ones that we've suggested, or your own, then we'd very much like your contributions and your input because then we'll steal them for another episode down the road so <laughs> we thank you for listening and we from i guess from mark from ken and myself we'll see you next time bye thank you for spending time listening to the kiss FAQ podcast today all sales are final there are no refunds if you'd like look us up on facebook or come over to the kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.